If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. Today is Thursday, October 5th. My name is Jeff Dollar. Today, I am grateful for the look of fall. You know how the sunlight hits different and the leaves come off the trees and all, you know? It's so pretty. Like not- It's golden. It almost looks golden. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying with the leaves? They're, where they're not falling yet, but there's enough, but there's enough falling that you know the season's changing. Yeah. It's a really great time of year. I'm really crossing my fingers that we don't have a cold snap or something. A couple of years ago in Atlanta, I think it was in 2020, we it was super warm. And then one day it froze. And then like the next week it was like 70 degrees again. And what I didn't realize about that, because I came home and I was like, what the heck happened? Because all of our leaves yeah. had fallen off the trees. It's when we lived on uh, Lake Forest, right? Because yeah. it, it, we could see our grass one day and the next day, nothing. It was so weird. And I was very confused because I was like, did I miss a thunder? Like, did I miss a really big windstorm? Did I whatever? And I worked with a meteorologist at the time. And he's like, no, that's what happens with, significant weather changes, especially if it goes from hot to cold, like the plants are prepared. So they're like, oh, it's officially winter now. We're dying because we're just dead. We're off for the season. And then there's no way to bring them back. So we lost that beautiful falling of the leaves. And I feel like this is going to be a really pretty fall. Hope so. I hope so too. And every time, I don't think you know this about me, but every (laughs) time the weather gets like this and the leaves start to fall or whatever, I envision myself us living in like a, a small New England town. Because in my head, everybody, it's like a lifetime movie. Like that's that's how it is year round. The leaves are always falling in New Hampshire. Yeah, pretty much in my head. I envision the same thing, but uh I'm there alone. Hmm. Just <laughs> kidding. So after said- after after yesterday, I'm surprised you didn't go. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. I did get a message from someone yesterday who was like, oh my gosh, I Jeff seems to purposely push your buttons and it drives me crazy. And I, you know, I, I told her, I was like, oh, that's absolutely true. Like my husband is the guy that is pulling my ponytail on the playground. And when he sees that I'm irritated about something, he'll push that button until it's no longer irritating. And it's just what you do. And yeah. you make people smile. Yeah. And it's your thing. You do it to Ellie too. <laughs> but she hasn't really caught on to your shenanigans yet. Well, she did call me out for, because her favorite TV shows Mickey Mouse, either Clubhouse or Funhouse. And then um, when she gets to watch it, I always tell her that I'm going to turn on Bluey because that's her favorite show. And she says, no, my favorite show is Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And when she called me out for saying, Daddy, you're just teasing me right now. I thought that I thought he was so smart. Oh, like, you're right. That is true, but I did tell her that because she came to me crying one time. She said, Daddy said that my favorite show is no. Bluey and it's not Bluey. And I was like, you tell Daddy. Say, get out of here, Daddy. He's just teasing you. Yeah. You know, he'll let you watch whatever your favorite show is. And she was like, get out of here, Daddy. And then I think ever since then, she was like, I don't even take you seriously, dude. Um, my name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful that Ellie is potty trained. I will warn if you ever want to become a parent and you are not a parent yet, let me tell you that potty training is awful because no one told me that. Don't do that. That's we talk about that. That's not no, it's, no. it's under report the the 
It's under how hard it's really hard. The level of difficulty yes. is underreported, but it's not awful. It's time consuming and it's frustrating and it's messy at times. But it's also in the whole big scheme of things, it's a it's a small yes. chunk of time. It's a terribly inconvenient chunk of time. Right. But it's a small chunk. And of you're going to go a little stir crazy whatever. But the flip side of that is that when the light when the light goes off in their head and they figure it out it's so nice <laughs> it is so nice and i am so grateful that we have kind of like you know moved moved on from that the first month was very rough for me personally the only thing uh, that we have I'm left we moved on the only thing we have left to tackle with the potty training are those automatic flushers we do not like those but the uh, an upside listener suggested Using post-its. Yeah. Um, bring this throw having those in your purse, mm-hmm. right? Or uh, I guess I would just have to remember to throw some in my pocket, the little tiny kind of bookmark one, two inch by two inch, a little small, yeah. inch by inch. And you just put that over the sensor mm-hmm. and then the toilet doesn't flush right. until everybody's safely away from it. The only problem is is she already knows which ones that are consistent in her life do that. Like the school potty does that so she knows the ones that are office flush automatically. So those she knows and she's like, no, I don't believe you that it's not going to flush. When no. you say, I know it's going to flush and it is a big scary noise. So I get, I sometimes get kind of freaked out too. Like, oh, it's a little airy and you know. Uh, if you don't have any plans on November 4th and you want to get outside and enjoy the beautiful fall weather, the walk to end Alzheimer's is happening on that day at Truist Park and it would be Great if you came out and walked to end Alzheimer's. If you don't have somebody dealing with Alzheimer's in your own family, I am sure you know someone that is dealing with that. It is a horrifying disease. It affects not only the the patient, the person who has it, but every single person around them. And there are resources available and there is a cure in sight, but all of that takes money and the walk to end Alzheimer's raises money for that. We would love it if you go to alz.org slash walk and sign up, make a brighter future for all of those affected by Alzheimer's. There is a high school teacher that went viral on TikTok. Have you seen this woman over the rules that she does not enforce in her classroom? And people are either saying, yeah, good for you. That's totally makes sense. Or, oh my gosh, I hate you. Like, this is the worst idea, like worst teaching ever. I don't want to read them to I don't, you. I'm going to make a statement without even hearing what the rules are. Yeah. My opinion may change. Okay. I may be, end up being a hypocrite on this, but whatever this is, I'm fine with it. And here's why. I think that having different teachers with different, I don't know that there is a more important lesson to come out of, of education, going through education than understanding how to deal with and work with different people. Agreed. You're going to have low-key teachers who don't enforce rules or who make up rules. You're going to have teachers who are crazy straight. I still remember Mr. Niles. You could not be one minute late for his class. No. One second late. No. If you were, he gave you a extra homework assignment. I mean, That was Mrs. Second. Mitchell for me. And that was just his rule, and you just knew— that you had to either be in that guy's class on time or you're going to have extra homework. We also had a teacher named Mr. Bonnell who 
you could just wander in, you know, a few minutes late and he would make a joke and then he would be cool and say, Hey, get, but you knew, but he was also a really fun class. So you kind of, didn't yeah, we had, we had that teacher too. It was Miss Murray. And the funny thing is, is I personality wise, and I think this will not be shocking to you at all. But personally, I really liked the strict teachers because I loved the structure. Yeah. And I feel like Ellie might be that way where she likes teachers that have rules and stuff like that. And the teachers that were super lax, that was way harder for me because I had to like reel it in, you know, like I really, I didn't have someone forcing me to reel it in. I had to decide to do that on my own. And that was really hard for me, but I think it was a good, I absolutely needed it. And I remember there was a teacher that I really didn't get along with in elementary school. And my parents were like, you know, there were some kids in the school where their parents were like, oh, we'll move teachers. If oh, you don't yeah, like that we one. find a different classroom. Yeah, she's not going to be able to thrive here. No, my parents were like, yeah, you got to deal with it. You're yes. not going to like every teacher. It stinks, but you got to figure out how to thrive in that class, regardless of whether or not you like the teacher. And that's the and, and that's what I am hoping with before even hearing what these rules are. I'm hoping that I could be the type of parent who who says to Ellie if there's rules that I don't agree with or she doesn't agree with, just saying it's 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 less than 10% of your education. Yeah. Your whole thing. So just suck it up and next year you get a different teacher. Yeah. Um, okay, so here are the rules that um, she inf- doesn't enforce because she thinks that it helps her students learn. Uh, pencils. She says there's pencil- pencils all over the place. You don't come to class with a pencil, that's fine. We've got 50 in this classroom. Find one and grab one and get to work. Like we don't need to be, you don't need to be oh, getting in trouble un, for not bringing your pencil. Prepared. Plus, that's the, the, you know, I mean, you think of a pencil. What's that cost? A quarter, fifty cents, yeah. right? For a couple. Yeah. That still, there might be people who struggle, right, to have the basic school supplies. Why humiliate them because right. they didn't, they they didn't get a new notebook or whatever. Um, eating in class. Um, they're not supposed to at their school. Kids aren't supposed to eat in class, and a lot of people enforce that. She's like, if you're hungry, eat. Like, I'm not going to have you sit there while you're hungry and not paying attention to me. Like, eat if you're hungry. My my asterisk on that would be if the packaging is somewhat quiet. Right. If it's disruptive to the whole class, like, I know. I still laugh. Remember when um, Sun Chips decided to come out with eco-friendly bags? And they were so But the bags loud. were bizarrely loud. I think we opened one on our show. And, I mean, it was so no. I think they've done away with them. Yeah, I think they have too. Um, (laughs) So don't bring those into class. But if you're going to unwrap a Snickers, right? Because if not, you're going to be the angry person. Right. Go for it. Um, The third thing is tardies. She says that she's not going to call a student out in front of the whole class to ask why they're late. Um, She says she welcomes them, says, I'm glad you're you're here, and then lets it go. And and, And I think that's something that could be handled if the kid's consistently late and it's disruptive to the whole class, then you afterwards you say, hey, what's the problem? Yeah, like what's going on? Yeah, and how, how do we- How so- can I help you yeah. get here to class on time? Com- um, this is all common sense. Uh, homework, she says that she doesn't assign homework, but she teaches from like the second the bell rings to the second, you know, the bell rings for class to end. So she uses like, she won't assign homework, but she uses every ounce of time in her classroom which I think you would call Jeff efficiency. Yeah. Um, she. Well, does, what's, your, what's your thought on homework? Um, I don't 
know. I mean, I think that there's certain things. I'm, I'm not a teacher, so I don't know. I mean, my thoughts are ridiculous amounts of homework are dumb. I went to a really hard private school when I was very young and we had so much homework that it was kind of insane. Um, the problem I think- But I do like the going home, the discipline- having to be accountable for something, knowing how to hit a deadline. Like, I think that's really important. The problem, I think, with homework and parents or teachers, correct me if I'm wrong, but here's the issue. If if your math teacher gives you 30 minutes of homework, that's not excessive. Right. Or even 20 minutes. Hey, here's four or five problems for you to work out. Bring them in tomorrow. We're going to go over them. Right? Mm-hmm. That 20, that's not excessive, but if your history teacher and your English teacher all give you things that last 30 minutes, mm-hmm. now on top of your school day and whatever activity you have and having dinner with your family and being a kid, now you've got 90 minutes. There's no coordination. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, I, I mean... I don't know if you got it. You know how if you go to to get a prescription and and, and the pharmacy says, well, you know, hey, you're already taking this one, so don't take this one with this one, or else your eyeballs will fall out. Yeah. Well, maybe I there think, needs to be some sort of soft. Maybe they need to implement that software program to a school. I'm sure that they do. We're just we haven't been in school in like you know, you quite some time, me quite some time. But I do think um, that we, at least when I was in high school all of our teachers would give us a syllabus to let us know what we're covering when. So if you look ahead and you know you have a paper due, it's up to you to decide, you know, how long before that I'm not, that you're pa- going to do the work. Papers and projects are different. Yeah. I'm talking about the nightly, hey, read the next chapter in your social studies textbook. Yeah. Do 45 minutes worth of this math mm-hmm. stuff, plot things on a thing, on a graph or whatever you know, practice hot cross buns on the recorder. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like all that. And then it happens in one night and it's just yeah. a lot, especially if you're an athlete or involved in other extracurricular activities. Uh, dress code. She says, by dress codes, we're policing women's bodies, which is basically true because, you know, at my school, guys got in trouble for their hair, but really not much else. Um, she said, it's not my business. If you feel comfortable and safe in your outfit, you wear it, whatever. Uh, and computer's not being charged. She's like, We'll find somebody else with a computer. That was not an issue back in my day because we did not have laptops at school. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, I remember my teacher saying, you've got to show your work because you're not going to have a calculator with you everywhere you go. I remember that. My <laughs> teacher say that too. And I'm like, guess well, what? Well, Miss Garvey, guess what? We actually do. Yeah. Um, But people are coming down on her saying like, this is not realistic for the workforce. This is all that stuff. I actually would disagree. And preparing them for college, like, yeah, it prepares you to, for college fine because you are relying on yourself, you know? Right. Like, it's, it's you know. You know what rule I think I would try to enforce if I was a teacher for no reason other than I'm a little concerned about people, like the, the generation that's in high school right now mm-hmm. is no electronics, forcing them for in-person engagement. I've talked to more than one parent of a teenager, friends of mine, who have said that nothing causes their child more anxiety 
than being away from their device. Yes. So if they're going to a family dinner and it's a phones down dinner or don't bring your phone or if it's an event or a church thing or synagogue or whatever and you can't have your phone, their first question is, well, what, how long are we going to be there? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and there's some panic. And I, 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 I believe that devices and the electronic and phones and all of that technology is is terrific. Social media, I know, has so many pitfalls, but I also think there's upsides to it. Yeah. The the addiction is the problem. The addiction is the problem. So and I, I think with teenagers too, like especially, well, girls and boys, like there's the eating disorder stuff and the self-esteem stuff and comparing yourself to other people. Like I get caught up in that and I'm 37 years old. Um, so I think that's pretty dangerous. And I do like, I mean, Jennifer Garner, Garner has famously said in interviews, like I made a deal with my kids that if they can show me research that says that your devices and social media are good for you, then we'll talk about it, but bring me the research. But nothing that I see. I don't know if I agree with that because our parents would have had the argument with their parents that TV is not good. And before that it was radio. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every generation has something. That's, I believe that, I believe. We had AOL, like, which was our generation's thing. But our, I would say our parents were were probably, oh, stay off that. That's terrible. My parents set a timer and I was only allowed 30 minutes a day and then it kicked me off. Right. But, (laughs) but I, I know, I know what you're saying, but I, I don't think, I don't think you can regulate. I don't think you, I don't think that's. So what you were saying is a rule that you would enforce in your classroom if you were a teacher is having some sort of face-to-face interaction. 100%. And learning how to for, interact with your peers. For nothing to, other than to prove to the kids that for 50 minutes they can be engaged with their teacher and their peers and have no device. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It's a communication thing. Yeah. Yesterday afternoon or yesterday late morning was a very exciting moment for us because we got an email. Bing! An email pops up. And somebody that we don't know reserved our studio. A not, and it was not a member of Industrious, not somebody who works on our floor and has walked by our studio. Just somebody we don't know signed up to use our studio to rent our studio. We it's were giddy. Legit. It's legit. We're doing it's, you know what? We've got that's the dollar that we'll tape on the wall. That is the dollar that we'll tape on the wall. We'll print out. The stripe receipt. The stripe receipt. The stripe confirmation code or whatever. And frame it for our wall. That felt so good. And yeah, I'm just, I'm overjoyed. That filled me up so much (laughs) yesterday. You know, when your battery, not that it was running low because I was still on the high of the excitement from our studio opening last weekend, but you know when something just totally recharges your battery, even if it's small, and you're like, yes, this is awesome. Well, it's validating, too, because there's a lot of, there's so much way, the the number of hours that were put into the studio mm-hmm. by both of us were, were significant. So there's so much time that, that went into that. That's one thing. In addition, um, there's a financial investment, a fairly yeah. significant financial investment. So this you know, one rental does not earn back every hour that we've put in or make a dent in the cost of it, but it validates that, that what we created has value, you know? So that felt good. And I have an an idea and, and I promise upside listeners over the next 
um, couple of weeks as we start to get our legs under this studio and start to come back down to earth and, and back to normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because the past month has been so nuts. Um, as we start to come back to normal, uh, I want to try to come up with a package that if you have been thinking about doing a podcast and you have, you know, and you just want to see if it works, if it, you know what it sounds like, mm-hmm. I want to make our studio available to people who just want to try their ideas. So if you and your, because the number, I mean, I don't know if it's the case anymore, but a year or two ago, every other message that I would get about podcast development was somebody saying, hey, my sister and I, we love, you know, the TV show Gossip Girls, right? And we talk about it, we analyze it, we've watched every episode a hundred times, blah, blah, blah. I think there's a podcast there, but we just don't, I don't know, we just don't know. For some nominal fee, just let people sit in there and hit record and do it for an hour. Mm-hmm. Also. That, I also want to put together a package if you want to bring in your grandparent, aunt, uncle, dad, mom, whoever, and interview them. Mm -hmm. I would also like to make that a package that's available and then give the audio. Maybe we just do like a day or something where you can book like, you know. Just do hour long appointments with 15 minutes in between and just. Yeah. 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 So anyways, those are just the thoughts that I'm thinking of because it's, we're, you know, obviously we're hoping that it's used a lot, but we're also, there's also going to be times where it's just sitting empty. And I think there's things that it could be used for to grow podcasting or to give people audio, you know, experiences yeah. that they normally wouldn't have access yeah. to. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, or was it like, Two weeks ago, I don't know. Whenever the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing happened, um, I had an unpopular celebrity opinion, which was, this is getting a little silly. Because buying NFL tickets because you saw Taylor Taylor Swift do it once, like eh, it's a little much for me. And I know I'm unpopular in this, but I, when I said it, I was like, I know I'm gonna get hate for this, but I actually got a surprising number of people that were like, no, girl, totally agree. It is going overboard, and. I have another unpopular celebrity oh, opinion. Okay. Well, may, maybe you should stop calling them unpopular because maybe they are popular. Right. But they just sounded catchy to say. Oh, okay. Unpopular. Got it. Go so ahead. don't steal my, don't steal my segment joy. Uh, I read that Leonardo DiCaprio's Titanic costume is going up for auction. Okay. And someone, whoever owns it, is going to be selling it and it will likely go for $230,000 at auction. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) It didn't say that it's going to a charity. It didn't say that it's going to some sort of like research fund for, you know, the sea or something that, okay, I can get on board with. Like if you needed an excuse to spend your money and and donate it to a cause and you want to get something out out of it, that's fine. But I have seen the behind the scenes shots and stuff like that, footage from the filming of the Titanic. Leonardo DiCaprio was disgusting in that. He was wet. He was sweaty. Like the whole thing. I don't see the appeal of having someone's dirty, nasty, smelly clothes. 
if you're a huge Titanic fan. But like, okay, the rose necklace I get. If you're going to have like a antique mirror or something, I kind of get that. But he's just a dude. He's a dude that's sweat in clothes. He's Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's one of the biggest movies of all time. It's still kind of gross. It's like buying someone's dirty socks. Like, I'm just like, really? Yeah, I... I, uh, You disagree with me on this. You're like, if you want it, it brings you joy. Spend $230,000. Yeah, I don't really have an opinion on it. It it seems like an odd thing to, to be passionate about. Well, I am passionate. I am passionate about not having other people's smelly clothes in your house, no matter how famous they are. Okay. With what, a that great, said, what a great Halloween costume, though. This is the actual out. outfit. This is it. <laughs> I mean, a waste of 230 grand, but still. If you got that kind of money, you probably don't care. You know? Here are your three random things for today. Your first random thing for today is that there are surprising baby name trends that have come out of the Social Security Administration's data. Now, I know they give us a list all the time of, oh, here are the popular baby names. I'm going to tell you what is more popular than what, and it's going to blow your mind. Are you ready for this? Go. And this is like for 2022. Maverick is more popular than the name Christopher. Really? (laughs) Yes. Oh, is Maverick from Top Gun? So more people. Oh, so Top Gun is back because of the. Well, it was back in reboot. 2022. Yeah. Um, last year there were 6,900 boys named Maverick. But there's there weren't 6,900 Christophers. 5,500 Christophers. Really? The name Brinley is more popular than the name Brittany. In 2022, only 329 girls were named Brittany. Thank Britney Spears for that. I, I was just saying that. Uh, Julian is the fifth most popular boy's name in California. Uh, Messiah is more popular than the name Patrick. That you are really setting the bar high for your kid. If you name them Messiah. I mean, and Patrick, I feel like Patrick is such a like classic American cool name. Like it, it seems like a staple, like John. Yeah. Like how can Messiah be more Patrick than John be more uh popular? Popular than, you know, John. Patrick, John, whatever. <laughs> um <laughs> the name Axel beat the name Robert in popularity. <laughs> and Khaleesi is more popular than the name Aaron for girls. From Game of Thrones. Is that what it is? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh your second random thing is uh women who Talk to their bellies are actually teaching their kid what their what their unborn kid what mom's voice sounds like. Uh, if you put a heart monitor up to a belly and record the fetal heartbeat when mom recordings of mom's voice was played, the heart rate accelerated, and when voices of other women were played, um, especially strangers, the Heart rate also, they got excited in there. Yeah. That's really cute. Hey, that's my mom. We had so many people tell us when, because uh, we were worried because we had paranoia from our old neighbors about our dogs barking. Uh, and waking and, the baby up. And waking when- the baby up. So I think we were, we, we're overthinking it. And so many people said, just let your dogs bark around the kid because then the kid just becomes accustomed to it. And I'll tell you what, Ellie, rarely... Every now and again, the dogs will catch her off guard. 
and you can see a look of shock on her face, but they, she has never flinched. Even when she was a baby and they would At be the loud. dogs barking. I mean, they could be right next to her bassinet and the doorbell rings and they bark and run and she never flinched, which is, which I thought was You know what I will amazing. use? We have a um, sleeping baby for every time though. It is permanently a fixture on my door dash because I hate when people ring our doorbell because it, the dogs yeah. and the whatever, it just creates chaos for me personally. So please, I have it in my do door. Not ring bell. Sleeping baby. Oh. Do not ring bell. Because when I just had do not ring bell, people would ignore it. But then when I added sleeping baby, and everyone's like, oh, respect the baby. Yeah, Got there's it. no baby in this house. Smart. And your third random thing for today, kick them on, aka the makers of the only soy sauce I know. Right. Um, they have come out and they are telling us where to store our soy sauce because apparently they get asked that all the time. Like, where am I supposed to put this? Does it go in the fridge? Does it go in the pantry? I don't know. I don't particularly love cold soy sauce, but we do keep ours in the fridge. Yeah. And apparently that's the right way to do it. We have packets. You keep it in like a dark, dark place. When you open it, it goes to the fridge. And those are your three random things. <laughs> 